Hello, everybody. Welcome to a new edition of Beyond the Pitch. I'm Christian Jack. Before we get to this week's guest, I want to first of all thank everybody for their incredible positive feedback on the last episode with Marco Bustos. Marco was very generous with his time, very open and transparent about his journey to now being one of the best players in the Canadian Premier League and again, scoring on the weekend for Pacific in their homecoming match against Cavalry. Now, talking of Cavalry, Cavalry's had a busy week since coming out of the bubble. And one of their star performers so far has been defender Dan Klomp. Now, Dan is only 22 from the Netherlands and he has his own very special story as well. We met today and talked about what it was like, his journey to get to the Canadian Premier League, his love of football in a soccer mad country like Holland, his love for Arsenal and Dennis Bergkamp and how it has really defined him. And some real open, again, like Marco Busto, some real open and transparent conversations about how close he's got to quitting the game before he came over here to now be arguably one of the best players in the Canadian Premier League. I hope you really enjoy this. Dan Klomp was a great, engaging personality. He's doing some great work in Tommy Wilden Jr.'s defence as well, and he's been a special player so far for Cavalry. So here is my conversation with Dan Klopp. Dan, thanks for joining me today. It's a pleasure. I know we had this interview booked already for a few days, and then last night you scored the goal, so it's kind of good timing to uh, have you on. So thanks again for joining us. I guess that's the best place to start, is it not? Let's talk about uh, last night, the home opener, the fans in the stands, uh, your new home in Calgary, and you, and you get the goal. Sum it up. What was it like for you? Yeah, I think uh, yeah. The, uh, first of all, like was it was amazing playing for fans again, and especially like the first home game. And then yeah, well, it's only a nice little treat for me that I can make the the winning goal. But I think it was all Joe Mason's work because he had a great header before that, and Mo Farsi had a good cross in. So um, I was just happy that I can finish that one off. And but yeah, first of all, the the feeling was amazing for playing in front of fans again, and the support was great. So. Uh, happy that we could like get the victory out. And I would imagine the dressing room is a little bit different at full time than at half time because you go down a goal and oh. you, you really need to come back in the game. Yeah, it was a good comeback, uh, especially. Yeah, now, yeah, we started the game off not good. We know that like this is not what we want to bring the fans to, uh, for the first game, and then the second half, like we had like a good chat like in half time, uh, just saying like about. This is not what the fans deserve after two years of not a game like being here at Spruce Meadows. So, uh, and after that, we just like had to fight for it, and well, it paid off. Luckily, fantastic. Well, a pleasure to join you today. I've been a big fan of your play so far through the Canadian Premier League. I really want to just share your story and talk about how how you got here, your journey, your love for the sport, you know, and and, and all through that. So, you know, you're in Calgary now. You've only been in there. You've only been there obviously a very short time, but. I just come yeah. from the bubble. I know you played very well inside the Winnipeg bubble, seven games inside eight day, eight games there as well that you started. How was bubble life? And I guess how is life now outside of the bubble? Now you've made it to the beautiful city of Calgary. Yeah, now, yeah, of course, I've been here like since the 27th of March, I think. And uh, well, basically only been inside uh, after that <laughs> because we had like the two weeks of quarantine. After that, we had like uh, a couple weeks of training, but Still, because of all the COVID restrictions, we weren't allowed to do anything. And after that, we had the bubble. So, uh, like, like um, this is like the first two weeks now that we can really enjoy the the city of Calgary and everything. So yeah, the bubble life was was quite tough. Of course, like there's games like every uh, in every three days, so uh, the body needs to recover good, and it's hard just not going outside for thirty odd days. So. Mm. It's mentally tough, but like you are the with the team, so you you're trying to 
help each other through it. So let's talk about your journey, Dan, if you don't mind, then from obviously the Netherlands yeah. to Calgary. Um, you know, I think I saw you were born in Lederdorf. Is that the name of the place? Sorry if I oh, yeah. that wrong. Yeah, is that right? Is yeah. That- it's South, South yeah, Lederdorf, South South Netherlands. I'm yeah. originally from England. I spent some time in the Netherlands. I love I love okay. the country. Oh, nice. um, but I actually was there during the 2006 World Cup, just traveling about and going. And obviously, the, it was in Germany, but Netherlands was so close. So, yeah. tell us a little bit about your upbringing. What was it like, and and how did how quickly did you fall in love with the sport? Oh, I, f- I fell in love with the sport since I was like four. I think like since my fourth, I've only been playing the game and. Um, in the city that I lived, there wasn't really like a uh, a professional team, so uh, I tried to do some uh, trials at uh, teams like outside of the city, but less was like uh, an hour away and stuff. But there was like a good academy in uh, like around my city, so uh, I applied for that, and luckily I got in. And that was like uh, it's called the APRZ, and it's for all. Uh, players from like eight till uh, what is it 19 they get like a really nice education there from like uh, to play football and it's also like uh, combined with school and they their goal is to bring as much uh, as many uh, young players to like the the professional clubs uh, nearby and luckily like uh, NAC Breda wanted me and uh, that's where it all started basically for me yeah, I want to get into your time at NAC Breda in a second. So you mentioned no big clubs in the in the town that you live. Who was your team? Who was your fir- first team that you followed? Who were your heroes when you were a little boy? <laughs> My biggest hero was always uh, Dennis Bergkamp. Nice. Uh, big supporter of Arsenal and Ajax. So, uh, yeah. I, I actually was at this... Uh, Final game at the opening of the of the Emirates Stadium, so uh, okay. it was an amazing amazing game. It was also uh, the All Stars of uh, Arsenal against the All Stars of uh, Ajax. So it was perfect. That's special. So what was that? Is that from your from your father? Is that was it, was the, was the Arsenal something you just found as yeah. a boy? Or now Arsenal was also uh, was for my own. Like I really loved the uh, Cherry Arif, Ches uh, Fabregas, uh, and Berkham, of course, and. Uh, Ajax, I got brought up uh, with my uh, with my dad. My dad right. was always a big supporter of Ajax. Right. Well, Ajax is king in, in, in the Netherlands. I want to get onto that in a second about your debut as well for, for NAC Breda when you played at Ajax. We'll get yeah. into that in a second as well. But <laughs> what about what about World Cups? What about following the Netherlands team? What's your kind of first memory of major tournaments with the Dutch team? Oh, my first big memory was like 2010 in uh, South Africa because we were like watching with the whole team uh, back then and it was, uh, it was quite painful you could say right, <laughs> of course with, uh, yeah we went to the final and then uh, of course uh, Robin with the shot on uh, Casillas ankle yes that was uh, kind yeah. of a, it, this, this, it was this much so close right so close, so close but, yeah. yeah wasn't meant yeah. to be but I mean, for those listening to this who live in Canada now, and we talk about soccer in this country at a high level now, I'm so proud of what we're doing. But maybe you can just tell us what the sport means to you and and your family and and the country of Netherlands. And obviously, you know, it, it, I I love the, the flavor that you guys bring to the sport. There's got so many international stars now. It was a bit of a difficult time when you didn't make the World Cup in in 2018. It oh, felt yeah. strange. It felt strange. You guys went in it. What what's it like? The culture of the sport within that country. 
oh no, football is everything in Holland. Like uh, we were all gutted, like because we didn't went to like two or three major tournaments, I think. So mm. that's when you felt like, yeah, this is over for us now because we always had like the Dutch school of uh, of playing football, like it's really known around the world, and like. You could basically say like Spain and uh, Germany have like uh, reinvented it because they're playing amazing football right now, and especially uh, also Italy, like the last uh, uh, Euros. But it was uh, now nah, for a country as Holland, like football, like means a lot. You guys were originals, though. I mean, it's inspired by yeah. Cruyff. It's Cru- yeah. Cruyff inspired <laughs> Spain. Cruyff, of right? course. Spain have inspired the Germans that, you know, everybody kind of, it all comes back to Cruyff and, and, and you guys with the yeah. Dutch. That's, that's special. Did you ever get to meet Burkamp? Have you ever met him? Uh, yeah, he was actually a, a tournament where his, uh, his son played and we played against the, his team. So yeah, I got like a couple uh, signature, signatures and uh, fantastic. Yeah, a couple photos. So that's amazing. Oh, that's amazing. So you play for NAC Breda, you play in the Eredivisie. Your first game, I think, is this. Correct me if I'm wrong. Your first game is against Ajax. Is that right? Yeah, my uh, official debut for like a professional football for Nock Breda was uh, in the cup. That was yes. against the uh, RKC. But for the Eredivisie, it was uh, Ajax. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so what's that like? <laughs> so you must have been, what, 19 at the time? Is that right? Am I right? I was 20, I think, at 20, the time. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, you're, so you're 20. Yeah, well, Let's break it down. You're 20. You've come from a small town. You want to make it professional level. You play for Nac Breda. Your dad has instilled the love for Ajax since you're a child. <laughs> you yeah. play in your debut game in the Eredivisie. Obviously, you played in the cup as well. And suddenly, you've got Tadic, Van der Beek, Hunterlaar, De Ligt, <laughs> Dolberg, all yeah. of these guys for Ajax playing, and you're playing in that game. Talk us through what was that like for you? Well... The week before, I was already like kind of. I could tell that I was gonna play, so that was when the nerves already like uh, came a little bit because uh, we started playing five at the back or three at the back basically. But yeah. Um, so yeah, I thought like, oh, this this might be my chance to start and like make an impact on the team. So uh, my preparation was good, I think. Like, and then when the game started, like all the nerves were gone. So that was amazing. Like, I felt like. Uh, it was also at home, so we had like great fans over there. Like, and uh, Nagbredale have like one of the best fans in in the Eredivisie, so like in Holland. So uh, yeah, they really help you through it. And uh, well, after five minutes, I had like uh, quite a good tackle on Tadic, so I thought like, oh, now I'm like really in- getting into the match. So and after that, like, the game went well for me personally. So. That's was awesome. a was a great experience, yeah. Because it was it was it was an alright team that they had because they had like all the stars playing with Hakim Z- Hakim Ziyech, uh, um, David Neres, Frankie De Jong, De Ligt. Everybody was uh, was there, so uh, right. It was tough. And obviously, your I would imagine your professional head kicks in. You're no longer a fan on the pitch, but when you walk off and maybe you go home that night and you go to bed, is there a sense of Wow, like what accomplishment as a young Dutchman, what you've just done to play in your professional game like that against Ajax? Has that ever come across your mind at that point? Uh, it took a little longer for me to kick, yeah, for the feeling to kick in because, like, uh, it was the same thing. Like, a couple of days later, we had another game, and uh, you need to prepare for that too. So, I think the, the real feeling kicked in like uh, during the winter break or something. So, right. 
But is it is it those reference points, Dan, that you still rely on today that you belonged? You belonged on the pitch. You performed really well. It, it, I would imagine it helps you with your confidence to this day. Um, yeah, it's like it's something that nobody can like take away from me. So that's a really good thing personally. And like, yeah, I know I can play on that level. So I have to believe in myself to to and show it like every game. So professional sports can often throw curveballs and different things come at you. Stay, you play in the team for a while. I think you get a do you get a red card in a game where you you get suspended and then you kind of lose your spot. Is that how it worked? And then you kind of didn't get back in. How did uh, that work? Well, now the, the the biggest thing why, in my opinion, why I didn't play anymore is because like uh, our coach got sacked, and right. it was like a coach where I had a good connection with, and um, yeah, and after that like. <laughs> I don't really want to get into all the details because it was like it wasn't really that fair in my opinion but sure um yeah after that like I didn't play anymore because I with the new coach I didn't really had a good uh, relationship right. you could say like that like, so you you move on you get loans and you go down the division what was that experience like because for all young players in any level you just need minutes don't you you just want to play games yeah, no, especially like I was like uh, still 20 at the time when I got loaned out to uh, to Helmondsport. And uh, yeah, it's amazing to to make minutes, but it wasn't really the play, play style for me. And uh, we were really defensive. We didn't really have the ball. Like, uh, yeah, we were only defending. And yeah, that's not really like, the way I want to play. So I didn't really feel like... Uh, it was a good place for me to be at uh, at the time, so I really like lost a bit of confidence in uh, that year and uh, even a little bit of the love for the for the game. So okay. I'm really happy that I'm here now and like find it all back because now I'm really loving the game again and uh, having fun on the pitch. I can tell. I can tell when you're watching it. You know, you've been you've been immense out there so far, and I know Tommy Wilden Jr. has been such a big fan of yours as well. Talk us through that moment when you get that call to come to Canada? What was it like? What kind of questions did you have? What kind of research did you do in terms of coming to play over here? Uh, well, the first time I had like a, the first line was laying between uh, me and uh, Cavalry was in November, I think. But uh, like it took a long time before uh, there was like a really reach out about a contract because uh, and at the end it really like fell a bit like on a, yeah, we didn't hear anything anymore. And then back in January, uh, I had a call with Tommy and it was all like, uh, yeah, all I wanted actually, like the lifestyle in Canada, uh, hearing from everybody is amazing. I'm all, I got to experience it now and it, they weren't lying. Mm. So, and uh, yeah, well, he told me it's a new and upcoming league with uh, a lot of potential. And yeah, I can see that now. So it was all I, I want now. So make minutes again and uh yeah get my confidence back and love the game again that was uh what it was all about for me because uh it i wasn't even that far off of like quitting the whole game like from uh really even before i came here because like i was out of contract since uh the first of july so yeah after that you it was COVID. i was still training on my by myself every day like with a personal trainer and uh, it wasn't the easiest time, of course, because like you're still waiting on a club to come, but uh, you don't hear anything. And then, like time goes by, because from July till uh, I think it was like yeah, November was the first time I really hear anything from uh, from uh, Cavalry. Wow. And then after that, like you don't hear anything till the January. So 
it's a long time without really having anything to hold on to. Like if if there is there a club like gonna come for me? Yes. So yes. that's when you have to really set your priorities straight and think like maybe it's better for me just to go and uh and find a normal job, go back to school again and stuff. So right. Wow, because there's a lot of young players will be listening to this, and I know a lot of people listen to our interview with Marco Bustos. We just did, I did one with Marco recently about that, and he talked about those really dark moments when he was the Whitecaps not playing and crying. And I guess at that point, Dan, you really, do you dig, I guess you have to dig deep, do you not, and find out a little bit about yourself and think that, you know, I can still do this. I, you know, you never want to lose belief in your own ability, surely. Yeah, no, that, that's a big thing. Of course, you don't want to lose belief in yourself, but. As time goes by, it like it kind of happens because like uh, you start doubting yourself. Like, am I good enough? Because uh, if I was, like, a club would probably come for me right now. So. Right. Right. And because I have a good friend of mine, and he just uh, quit football like two weeks ago, and it's a really tough decision because I I think I could have made it myself because it's been something you've been working for for like. Uh, like since I was four, basically. So yeah. it's so it's such a hard decision to just say like, okay, I'm gonna give it up and uh, like find something else that I really want to love because it's a it's football's a hard world, but yeah, it's hard to find something because you've been working on it your whole life and just give right. it up to find something else. And I really respect him for that, just to make that decision and like. I really wish my, all the best and oh yeah, yeah I couldn't fun. really make that decision myself because I when I was out of contract I actually gave myself the deadline till uh, um, what was it like November like if I don't have a club now I might I'm gonna look for something else and then right. after that time it was really tough because I couldn't really make the decision from like I'm gonna quit now and find something else because like I said it's so hard to make the decision you got close to the end and you've been given a lifeline in your career by cavalry. And I would imagine yeah. now, every minute I can see the smile on your face. I'd imagine like every minute now is just something you just enjoying and appreciating more because you didn't know you were ever going to get it again. I would imagine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> spot on. That's just fair. Yeah. Right. What you're saying right now. So, so tell me, a yeah, I really bit. appreciate it. Yeah, no, sorry to interrupt. I just it's 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 a heartwarming story, and I appreciate you being transparent and really deep and open with me about that. Tell me a little bit about Tommy Wilden because he is a, a wonderful personality. He's great for our league, and he obviously sold the vision for you. And I also hear from some some little bit of inside information that he thinks he's got some brilliant Dutch accent. Can you confirm or not that it's good? <laughs> oh no, it's horrible. It's a horrible accent. I knew <laughs> okay, it. I knew yeah, the real yeah. reason. Tell me about this accent. <laughs> nah, he always, well, I, I'm starting to think that my accent like sucks right now because the way he pronounces it every time, but well, he always uh, talks with a little like a shh, shh, shh. Okay. So I'm not sure if I do it, but well, apparently he thinks it's good. So well, you're the, you're, yours is original. Yours, yours is undisputable. Yeah, so no, that's, true. that's true. You know, t Tommy's, you know, this English Canadian trying to be funny with his Dutch accent. Is that what you're telling me? Yeah, no, he does. But he thinks he's good at every accent. So Okay, well, that's good. As long as he's good at football management, that's all that counts, right? Yeah, that's true. And that, well, we're doing good right now. So You're doing good. And that's, let, that's pretty good at this. So you're back in home markets. You come from behind to beat FC Edmonton. 
you, you're getting to know yeah. your team really well. You've got a good team here. You've got a lot of attacking players. You've got Joe Mason coming on board now. You've got players to come. What's your overall feeling oh, yeah. about the squad? Yeah, no, I think we have an amazing squad. But the only thing we have right now is like uh, a lot of personnel problems with injuries and stuff. So I think when everybody's fit again, because even Joe Mason, he had to play like 90 minutes yesterday and then he didn't really like uh, had that much of uh, has had that much of preparation before it, so it was only like uh, I think before that he only played like 25 minutes, right. uh, the longest. So and now he played 90. So yeah, and he had a good game, scored, basically had an assist. So really happy that he's in our in our squad. Same with uh, Serge Camargo, he also uh, hadn't really played more than 45 in the bubble and also had to play like 60, 70 yesterday. So well. It's uh, like good that we have those guys and they pull through. You told, you told me earlier about your time when you went on loan and you went to Helmandsport and this, the identity of the club didn't really suit you. I get the feeling this is the team that suits you, yes? Yeah. A front foot yeah. team. You're very, you get a lot of possession. You can play the ball like you're good with both feet. Is that a massive part of helping? I mean, you're very good at defending as well when you're under pressure, but is that the kind of club that you think they can help grow you individually? Yeah, hundred percent. Like I really like, uh, like you said, like a team that plays on the front foot has a high pressure and wants to keep the ball and just like a little bit of the Dutch way, like <laughs> right. it was supposed to be. So uh, no, no, I think this identity of the club like suits me perfectly. So uh, and, and yeah, and I, yeah, like you said, I'm I'm a centre back that likes to be on the ball and make a man more in the midfield. And you've obviously. You've you've got that Dutch way about you. Did you play other positions? Have you played midfield when you were younger and things? You can tell, I think, the way that you control the ball a little bit. Yeah, I played like um, the way we used to do it, like at the academy of JPZ. Uh, was like I was uh, I was still a right centre back, but in position I was a six. So right, I had to, I played a lot uh, a lot of times on the midfield and also on the on the seventeens. I played on the midfield the whole year. So I think that really helped me, like in my. Uh, technical abilities and just like my surroundings of uh, knowing where opponents are and stuff. Awesome. I won't keep too much of your time because you've been really gracious with it. But, and I guess you've come from thinking that the sport might be over for you to now performing at a really high level here in the Canadian Premier League. Do you think too far ahead or is it just each week? You know, is, do you have aspirations of Major League Soccer? Because I'll tell you right now, as, as a broadcaster yeah. of MLS, I've covered the, the MLS for 15 years. You could play in MLS now. So, do you have aspirations? Oh, well, that's a big compliment. I appreciate that no, very I'm much. No, I, okay, well, if you say so. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I already said, like, in a couple other interviews, like, I set my goals right now. I just want to play a lot of minutes here. And, yeah, the MLS is something that I would like to, uh, yeah, aspire to, to play in. So, uh, awesome. Before I let I you go, good. before I let you go, mate, what's a couple of things that you've fallen in love with already in Canada that you'd that you've come over and you've enjoyed? Is there any food or weather or places? What What are you loving the most? Well, the weather last month has been amazing. So <laughs> <laughs> the weather is good now. I like the going to, to Banff, to the mountains. I really like that. And yeah, just the whole uh, culture, is, I like it. So That's great. It's a, laid, it's a laid back, a little bit more relaxing environment, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. And so how are you connecting with family and friends right now? Is it all kind of just virtual? Are you still keeping in touch with them? Yeah, a lot it's of all FaceTime now. So, yeah, it's it's tough because, like, is there, there is now from Calgary to Holland, there's an uh, eight-hour time difference. Right. So uh, the eight hours ahead. So basically when 
when I go to sleep, they wake up. So <laughs> it's, 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 yeah, it's not the easiest, but yeah. And are they following oh, your games? Yeah, they, like yesterday we play at uh, seven o'clock and that's like 3 a.m. For, for them. So they go to bed at 11, set the alarm for free and then they watch the game and then uh, send oh. me a message and they go back to sleep again. Oh, that's so <laughs> special. That's great. Good. That's yeah, no, they, they've always been my biggest supporters. So they were at every game when I played in Holland. So and they, that's great. I got it that they can't come now because of uh, the restrictions. One day, one day they'll be back to see you playing live. Yeah, of course. Of no course. doubt about it. Dan, I can't thank you enough for your time. This has been a great chat. I've really enjoyed it. Yeah, looking, thank you too. Looking forward thank to seeing you. you live. I'm coming out there to see you again very soon. So I'll be out there to watch you live as well. And we'll catch up then as well. Thanks again. Okay, good. Yeah, we'll have a chat back then. Hey, thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. What a special man. You can really tell that he's, he's really embracing it here in Canada. He's loving the positivity over here in North America. And obviously, is really ambitious about his plans to go on and maybe play in Major League Soccer and beyond without getting too far ahead of himself. And as I said in the interview, I really do believe he's got all the tools to make it to that level. He's been a very special find so far, not just for Cavalry, but for the Canadian Premier League. My thanks to Dan, to Cavalry, to Paige there who organized the interview, and of course, Tommy Wilden Jr. for his continued availability and access with that team. Uh, I hope you get to watch Dan because he's a real deal. And I know a lot of other teams are starting to watch him as well. Very good with his feet. And again, I can't thank him enough for being open and honest with us in that very engaging conversation. Uh, we'll have another guest for you next week on Beyond the Pitch. Thanks again for all your positive feedback. A reminder, you can listen to the Canadian Premier League Newsroom podcast as we continue to reflect on all things Canadian Premier League on the podcast with my newsroom team of Benedict, Brady, Marty and Charlie. We've recapped the Canadian games in the, Olymp in the Olympics and of course in the Gold Cup as well. And we'll be back on Monday to do some of that again. For now, thanks very much for listening. Enjoy the games. God bless and take care.